physiological changes in the obstetric patient. Airway. Due to increases in progesterone and cortisol, parturients have venous engorgement resulting in airway edema that can be that can obscure airway architecture when attempting direct laryngoscopy. Airway edema is worsened by prolonged labor, preeclampsia, and tocolytics. Therefore, it is important to have difficult airway adjuncts readily available and a smaller ET tube size available. Additionally, due to this increased capillary engorgement and swelling of the airway, nasal and oropharyngeal tissue is extremely friable and prone to bleeding. Avoid nasal ET tubes and NPAs because that can further exacerbate an obscured view. Parturients are always considered a full stomach, so it's necessary to instrument the airway with an the anesthetic provider must do so with an RSI and cricoid pressure. Overall, parturients have notoriously difficult airways and a higher incidence of failed intubation. Respiratory changes. The OB patient has an increased oxygen consumption of 30 to 40%, which is accomplished by an increase in ventilation by 45%, namely from increased tidal volumes and slight increases in respiratory rate. The respiratory rate is increased due to progesterone being a respiratory stimulant, and tidal volume increases due to the hormone relaxin, which relaxes the thoracic cage, enabling an increased AP diameter. And although the chest wall circumference increases, the gravity uterus causes cephalad displacement of the diaphragm, which ultimately slightly decreases total lung capacity, creating a restrictive respiratory pattern. FRC is reduced by 20%, Due to both a decrease in ER, <laughs> decrease in expiratory reserve volume and residual volume, and while closing capacity is unchanged, closing capacity can exceed FRC and reaches tidal volume, leading to premature distal airway closures, which can lead to atelectasis, VQ mismatch, and hypoxia. This is particularly important because parturients desaturate rapidly during apneic times. Therefore, if it becomes necessary to instrument the airway, we need to pre-oxygenate OB patients for at least five minutes and limit airway securement time. Maternal hemoglobin has more 2,3 DPG. Therefore, their oxyhemoglobin dissociation curve is right-shifted in order to facilitate offloading of oxygen to the placenta. Cardiovascular changes. OB patients have an increased cardiac output by 50% due to a 25% increase in stroke volume and a 25% increase in heart rate. Cardiac output peaks immediately postpartum to 75%. Additionally, parturients have a decreased systemic vascular resistance by 20% due to progesterone, which results in a normal to decreased systolic blood pressure despite an increased plasma volume by 50% due to an increase in mineral mineralocorticoid activity. These patients can experience aortocable compression as early as 20 weeks, which results in compression of the IVC by the gravity uterus, leading to decreased preload, decreased cardiac output, hypotension, uh, leading to uteroplacental insufficiency, fetal hypoxia, potential fetal asphyxia. Therefore, it is important to avoid supine positions in the parturient after 20 weeks by utilizing 15 to 30 degrees of left uterine displacement. Other common findings in the parturient include enlarged heart size, left ventricular hypertrophy, S3 heart sounds, and even tricuspid and pulmonic regurgitation. 
Due to the gravid uterus, there is a cephalad and posterior displacement of the stomach, delaying gastric emptying and de increasing gastric pressure. Additionally, an inc increase in progesterone decreases lower esophageal sphincter tone. Placenta gastrin secretion also increases gastric pH secretion, which can lead to an increased volume and decreased gastric pH. This puts the parturia at high risk for aspiration pneumonitis, and therefore aspiration prophylaxis should be given preoperatively. Non-particulate antacids, H2 antagonists, and prokinetics should be used, such as bicitra, ranitidine, and reglin. And if their airway needs to be instrumented, then you need to do so using an RSI technique with cricoid pressure. Increased cardiac output leads to increased renal blood flow, which leads to increased GFR by 50%, decreasing serum creatinine to 0.5 to 0.6, and BUN to 8 to 9. Therefore, if the parturient is found to have a creatinine of 1 or higher, that would be normal in a typical adult. This value is elevated for a pregnant patient and could indicate renal insufficiency or PHI. The gravity uterus can obstruct ureters and can lead to frequent UTIs and possible pyelonephritis. <laughs> Hematological changes. Pregnant patients have an increase in plasma volume by 50% and an increased RBC volume by 35 to 40%, creating a physiologic anemia of pregnancy. Therefore, parturients typically have a lower H&H and a higher level could indicate hemoconcentration as is found in patients with preeclampsia. Pregnancy is associated with a hypercoagulable state due to accelerated but compensated coagulation, increased clotting factors, increased clotting, increased fibrinolysis, increased platelet production, and turnover. Factors 1, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 12 are all increased. Factors 2 and 5 are unchanged. And factors 11 and 13 and AT3 are decreased. They have a Reduced PTT and INR by 20% are therefore at risk for DVT and DIC. <laughs> Pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic changes. MAC is decreased by 40% in the parturia. Volatile anesthetics can cause uterine atony and increase the risk of postpartum hemorrhage. Nitrous is a known teratogen and should not be used in the parturian patient unless immediate delivery of the fetus is anticipated. Pregnant patients are more sensitive to IV induction agents, uh, secondary to the increase in progesterone and therefore require dose-dependent decreases. Both volatile and lipophilic IV anesthetics readily cross the placenta and are exposed to the fetus, which could lead to lower APGAR scores and respiratory depression. IV agents that do not cross the placenta include heparin, insulin, glycopyrrolate, neuromuscular blocking agents, and phenylephrine. Again, that's heparin, insulin, glycopyrrolate, neuromuscular blocking agents, and phenylephrine. The gravid uterus leads to uh, local anesthetics. The gravid uterus leads to increased pressure on the vertebral column, engorged epidural veins, and increased epidural fat, which all leads to a more cephalad or rostral spread of local anesthetics. Therefore, the pa pregnant patient requires reduced volumes of local anesthetics to avoid high or total spinals. Increased volume and distribution of hydrophilic medications due to increased plasma volume. Morbid obesity in the parturient increases risks of long labor 
arrested descent, increased need for cesarean section, increased incidence of use of forceps or instrument delivery, higher incidence of fetal macrosomia, increased postpartum hemorrhage risk, more technically challenging neuraxial uh, placement, higher incidence of high or total spinal, higher incidence of failed neuraxial, increased risks of airway challenges with edematous airway and rapid desaturation, and increased risks of aortocable compression syndrome. <laughs> Diabetes. The macrovascular changes include increased risks of CAD, increased risk of MI, cerebrovascular disease, heart failure, and peripheral arterial disease. Microvascular changes occur due to the endothelial damage, causing poorly controlled diabetics to experience diabetic retinopathy, nephropathy, and neuropathy. They can experience peripheral neuropathy due to glycosylation in the distal extremities, which follows a typical stocking glove pattern, making these patients prone to pressure-related injuries and infection. It's important to assess patients for pre-existing neuropathies prior to general or regional anesthesia. Also, glycosylation can also cause autonomic neuropathy manifesting as a higher resting heart rate, decreased heart rate variability, orthostatic hypotension, silent MI, and diabetic gastroparesis. It is important to assess for prior MI and IHD with a 12-lead EKG and assess for signs and symptoms of GERD, such as early satiety, feeling full longer, because they can have an increased aspiration risk. Autonomic neuropathy can also lead to impaired thermoregulation. Therefore, it is important to keep these patients warm. Glycosylation of connective tissue, namely collagen, can cause stiff joint syndrome leading to cervical spine and uh, TMJ stiffness, which could lead to a difficult airway instrumentation. One should assess the diabetic's patient's prayer sign, and if palms and fingers cannot completely approximate, this could indicate a potential difficult airway in the diabetic patient.